I don't know about you guys, but I sometimes sit and imagine different sort of scenarios that kind of freak me out a little bit, you know? Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll be laying in bed at night, and I'll just think to myself, like, what would I do if someone broke into my house? You know, would I have the courage to, like, get up and go running at them and try to deal with them, or would I, like, hide behind Kelly? You know, I'm just not sure, you know? I, I just sit there. I, I hope I'd have the guts to get up and go take care of things, you know? But one night, my, my courage was put to the test, because I'm laying in bed, and I'm half asleep. I actually know, no, I'm full asleep. I got like full drool and all, you know? I'm like gone. And all of a sudden, Kelly starts nudging me, nudging me. Honey, honey. I'm like, what, baby? And she, she keeps hitting me in the back. She's like, I think someone's in the house. And so I'm like, all right, we'll go check it out. Let me know what you find, you know? So, no, so I get up. And, and I don't know why, but my first instinct was go look out the window. I don't know. I'm looking for like a van or a truck or like a tank. I don't know what I'm looking for. But, but I go and I, I open the window up and I'm looking out. And I don't see anything. I'm like, baby, I don't see nothing, you know. And so I turn around and there's a man standing in my bedroom. And so here it is, man. Time to test the courage. What am I going to do? And, and thankfully, I started charging and yelling at the man until I realized it was my shadow. I was running and screaming at my own shadow, and I lifted the window. The light from outside came, and I didn't realize. What I should have done is gone, oh, it's a good-looking bald man over there, right? But I'm chasing at my own stupid shadow. So there, I guess that kind of counts, right? I mean, I didn't run from my shadow. That means something, right? So you guys need any help with some shadows bothering you, let me know. I'll be right there, right? But what do you sit and freak out about? What do you imagine? What scenarios do you play out in your mind that sort of cause you to fear? Because I think that we all have them. We all struggle with these different things that we go through. That's okay. That's our production team. A little added effect back there. So that was on purpose. Uh, see, we're trying to get you scared. Ah, nice. But, but do you know the Bible tells us over 100 times to fear not? Do you know that? Over 100 times. And it's not just that it tells us. It actually commands us, fear not. I think we struggle with this. I think what we're better at is getting ourselves caught in a bunch of fear nots, right? It's like we get ourselves all tangled in our fear. And before you know it, kind of like our image on the screen, it kind of feels like a noose around our neck. Do any of you guys get almost a physical pain from your stress, fear, worry, or anxiety? I do. I get two. Uh, If I'm really stressed out, I get this pain right here in my side. I get like this kind of gnawing pain. It just sort of sticks with me. Another thing that happens to me sometimes is I'll get migraines when I'm really stressed, stressed or anxious about different things going on in life. What about you guys? Some of us, we we literally start to feel like we can't breathe. There might as well be a noose tied around our neck. Some of us, we can't sleep. Some of us, we go to bed and we wake up in the middle of the night and we just stress and worry. We wake up real early and we just stress and worry. We can't fall asleep in the first place because of the fear, the anxiety, the worry, and the stress in our lives. That begins to affect us, doesn't it? Do you realize that? When we're all stressed out and fearful, we don't sleep well, we're, we're scared of things, we end up going to work, we carry that in. Some of us that are older who have kids, we're not parenting from a great place when we're all stressed out and full of anxiety. Some of you who are kids, you're probably not treating your parents, your friends at school, your professors and teachers the best way, your coworkers. Somebody in our prayer time tonight mentioned that as we talk about fear, it's one of those things that just robs and steals our joy. And so, man, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired of being stuck in these fear knots. And so a few weeks ago, I was praying about what to do next. Like, what are we supposed to do? You know, like, God, just show me what your heart is. You know, here at this church, what I love about our communicators is that we don't just sort of like take a Bible and flip it open and close our eyes and point at a verse and be like, yeah, that's the one for this week, you know? With my luck, that wouldn't work out well at all. You know, there's some awkward verses in the Bible, you know? And I can guarantee I'd get one like this, Job 19, 17. I am loathsome to my own brothers and my breath is offensive to my wife. 
I guarantee that would be one of mine, right? How am I going to make this come to life, you know? Or, or I get Proverbs 16, 31. Gray, gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. What's that mean for me? Like, what did I do wrong, man? Come on, that's not fair, right? Do gray eyebrows count? I know they're coming, you know? Gray beard. But I'm praying about what to do next. God, just show me. Speak to me, you know? I, I, we don't, none of our communicators want to just say something. We want to have God's heart and communicate what's on his heart to you guys. And so... Um, one of my friends texted me and said, hey, Doug, have you ever done a series on fear? And I said, yeah, like forever ago, really long time ago. And we've, you know, mentioned it here or there, but we haven't done a dedicated series on fear in a really long time. So I just started kind of thinking about it and praying about it. I wasn't sure if that's what we should do. It was a good suggestion. So I started looking at some verses and, and just sort of trying to see if it would flow and if that's what God had. And so then as I'm working on it, I get a, mess, a text from a friend, another friend. He says, hey, Doug, can you pray for me? And I said, sure, man, what's going on? He just said, I'm really struggling with fear. I'm like, all right, man, you got it, no problem, I'll be praying for you. And so I work on the verses for the rest of the day. I go home, kind of live life. At the end of the day, I open up this book that I had kind of half read. And it just so happened that I was at this certain part in a certain chapter, and the author said, okay, I want to talk to you about these few verses here. And this book is not about fear. But she brought up the exact verses I had been working on that day, seeing if this was maybe what God had for us next. And so I'm thinking, all right, Lord, is this what you're saying here? Are you trying to confirm some things? Well, the next morning I get back to church, and I'm still kind of praying through this, and I get another text from another friend. He says, hey, Doug, can you pray for me? I said, sure, what's up? He said, I'm just really struggling with fear. So I'm like, all right, I think maybe God's trying to say something. I think maybe people need some encouragement in this area. So then I go to deeper, like a week or two later, and my wife starts rest part one, and she talks about anxiety and worry. And then the very next night, I think it was, our youth pastor Joey preaches this awesome message called What If? And he talks all about the what ifs and the fears we have in life. And so I don't know about you, but I think maybe God is wanting to address this issue in our church and just break the power of it. Break the power of these fear knots in our lives. And so I'm excited about these next several weeks and what God is going to continue to do. Something that we all struggle with, fear, anxiety, worry, stress. And some of us, this is the battle of our life. We we wake up every day to battle one of these things. Some of us, it's not the, the battle of our life, but we struggle with it, don't we? I would say for me personally, this is not the battle of my life, but I certainly go through seasons where it feels like the battle of my life. This past year, I went through, I would guess, about a month of intense fear and anxiety about the future. And it was like everything I saw was through that lens. Everything I saw was based on fear, anxiety, worry, stress, what if, how will I, I don't understand how God is going to get me through this. And maybe that's where you are now. Maybe that's some of the things that you've wrestled with as you walk through your day. Maybe that's just every day for you. Maybe that's your main battle in life. I got some other main battles in life that I seem to struggle with every day, but maybe for you, this is it. And so, Here, I think this is important, whether it's an everyday thing or it's a sometimes thing, this is a powerful thing that we need to talk about. I was looking online, just trying to find some information about knots. You know there's over 200 different knots you can tie? Now, I wasn't a Boy Scout or anything. In fact, I don't even have shoelaces, and so I'm not great with (laughs) knots, okay? But I can tell you this, that just like there are a lot of actual knots in life, there are also a lot of fear knots that we can get ourselves tangled in. There's different categories for them. Give you one example. It's the measuring up fear knot. Will I measure up? We get ourselves caught in this fear knot. Will I measure up? Well, what am I saying? Well, will I measure up with 
What's expected of me? Will I measure up to what my parents expect of me? Will I measure up to the new job? Will I measure up to the the college that I've just been accepted at or the college I've applied to? Will they want me? Will they reject me? We stress about these things. Some of you guys are thinking about measuring up as a a husband or a wife as you prepare for the next season of your life. Am I going to measure up? Maybe some of you are are saying, am I going to be the husband that my dad was to my to my mom? Am I going to be the, the, wife, the wife that my mother was to my dad? And maybe some of you are looking at them saying, I don't want to be anything like they were. I want to be better than they were. And so you're worrying about measuring up. Maybe some of you guys are thinking about kids coming on the way, and you're like, man, am I going to measure up as a parent? You know? I mean, you ever think about this? Like, you have to go past several tests to drive a car. They just hand you a baby, right? They don't even ask you anything. They didn't say here. You're like, what do I do with this, right? And so that's a whole other level of fear, anxiety, stress, and worry. It's okay. My three kids are great. I did good. Thank God. No, Lord, please have mercy, Lord. Keep going, Lord. Some of us, it's just comparisons with other people that maybe we make ourselves. Am I going to live up to their, to their image? Am I going to live up to what they have? Maybe it's a parent comparing us or we feel compared to a certain person on a sports team or in our office or at our school or whatever it might be. And so we have these measuring up fears and we sit around and we go, am I able? Am I enough? Am I going to be able to carry the weight that has been placed on my shoulders? I think that's something that we all struggle with sometimes. Another fear not we may get caught in is just an obstacle in our way. Like some of you guys, maybe you're thinking about the future and you're thinking about where you want to be in life in like 10 years, but you just see this huge financial wall between you and that reality. You're like, man, this is Long Island, tough place to live. Or, man, i got to get through college. i got to have all these loans. Or some of you are older in life. We're going, man, I was like saving for retirement, and then suddenly the bottom fell out on my financial situation. I worked hard. I planned well, and it just feels like I didn't see this coming. That was this huge obstacle in my way. How am I going to get past this? Some of us, it's a sickness. Somebody in our life, or maybe ourselves, we were living life. It was great, and then we got the diagnosis, and it's like, how am I going to get through this? And we fear about that. We've we got this noose around our neck, so to speak. We're worried about how we're going to get on the other side of this. Maybe some of us actually lost somebody. And we're thinking, how am I going to get through the pain of this? How do I work through this? And so maybe it's an obstacle thing for you. Maybe the obstacle is a person. It's someone in your life who's become unreasonable. Why do my parents act like this? Why do my kids, why do my spouse act like this? Why does that person, every time they walk in my office or my school, make me feel that way? You know those people in your life, it's like you just don't feel safe around them. They cause you stress, anxiety, and worry. Every time you see them, you analyze every word that's going to come out of your mouth because you know if you say the wrong thing, either they're going to pounce on you and mock you or they're going to take that little information and go gossip about you behind your back. And so maybe the obstacle in your life is a person. So what do we do with these fear knots? The last category I'll bring up tonight are are the battles. Some of us have a fear knot called battles. There's battles ahead of us that we have to fight. Some of us are talking about literal battles because we are in the military or we're on the police force or we're a spouse of one of those or a child of one of those or a parent of one of those. And sometimes we sit and we let our mind go when we get in those fear knots, fearing the worst. Some of us, it's not a physical battle. It's, it's a battle for a marriage. It's a battle for a friendship. It's a battle for a relationship. It's a battle for a parent. It's a battle for a child that's really far from God. And we know we're going to have to fight for that relationship. And we're just scared. We're worried. We're fearful about it. Maybe it's a battle with a sin struggle. 
and we're thinking, I don't know if I have the courage to face this. I don't know if I have the courage to tell somebody what I've been doing. I don't know if I have the courage to let out what I've been doing in silence and in in quiet and in the darkness. And I need courage. And and you sit and you fear about it and you think about it. What if this got out and what ramifications would take place and what would this look like? And so there's all kinds of fear knots. Measuring up obstacles. Some of them are the battles in our lives. And Joey did a great job talking to us about how a lot of times our fears don't even come to pass. A lot of them aren't even real. I mean, I think back to my opening illustration there, my stupid Doug opening story, like I was chasing a shadow. That's what a lot of us are fearing, a shadow, something that's not real, something that doesn't have teeth. But whether these battles or these fears or these obstacles or these measuring up issues come true or not, here's what I know. That a lot of us, we need to learn how to fear not instead of getting caught in a fear not. And so we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about this. And tonight, I want to just start real basic, honestly. I want us to discover or rediscover something incredibly powerful. We're going to scratch the surface tonight and go deeper every week. And here's where I want to start tonight. As we talk about these fear knots that we get caught in, I just want to remind some of us, and I want to help others of us discover for the first time, where our source of peace is. What our source of peace is. Who our source of pieces. Because here's what I think so many of us do when we get caught in a fear knot. We go on an external hunt to find a source of peace. It's like I feel anxious. I feel worried. I I feel afraid. I got to go find something or someone that's going to make me feel secure. I got to go on this hunt to find something or someone that's going to help me find peace again. And so we go in all different types of directions. Some of us entertain ourselves to death trying to bury the fear we feel. And hey, there's a time to rest and unwind, but that is not a source of peace. Some of us have decided, I'm just going to make myself so busy, I don't have time to think about my fear. I had a friend like that. He was going through something really hard, and we had had some great honest conversations about what he was going through, and I said, bud, how are you doing? He said, I've been so busy lately, I haven't even thought about it. Some of us, maybe, without maybe even realizing it, have made ourselves so busy to try to drown out the voices of fear, anxiety, and worry. I'm just telling you, that's not a source of peace. Some of us have turned to ourself, you know? We're trying to meditate our our way to peace. We're trying to exercise our way to peace. We're trying to eat our way to peace. Whatever we can do to sort of just numb out and and get ourselves back to that place of kind of almost inner calm. And I'm telling you, that just doesn't work. Some of us, in times of anxiety and fear and worry, we just kind of dive headlong into sin. We just go, I'm not feeling close to God anyway. I'm just going to sort of do what feels good. And we're looking for that numb out. I'm just telling you today, none of those things are an answer. They're a band-aid. And and to be honest, every single one of them, if we're real, don't they get us more caught in our fear knots? Don't, Don't we get more tangled? It's almost like the more we struggle, the more we wrestle in a fear knot. The, the, the more drawn in we are, it's like quicksand. It's like the more you wrestle in it, the deeper you get. And the same is true, I think, with our fear knots. So today I want to discover or help us rediscover or realign our lives around the source of peace. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad you're here. And you know what? I know that you probably struggle with fear, anxiety, stress, and worry too, don't you? 
And, and you know, I think the worst way to struggle with these things is to struggle with them alone. The worst fear is when you are fearful and alone in it. What if someone wants to walk through your fear with you? What if somebody wants to walk through your fear knots with you? Some of you may have a, a really strong fear about standing before God one day. Maybe you're not even sure if he's there, but, but there's this fear inside you. Like, if he is there, I am nervous about the day I'm going to stand before him. Well, what if God did something so that you never have to have that fear again? I want to share some of that with you here tonight. And so what do we do? Instead of getting ourselves caught in a fear not, how do we learn to fear not? So we're going to look at someone's life for the next few weeks in Scripture. Powerful story. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to be inspired. We're going to be challenged. We're going to kind of laugh a little. We're going to be amazed at something that happened, many things that happened in this man's life. You all are familiar with Moses, I'm sure, even if you've never been in church. You know, this is the guy that got Ten Commandments. You know, this is the guy that parted the Red Sea. This is the guy who led the people of Israel out of Egypt. Well, we aren't talking about him tonight. So thank you. you're welcome for the background on someone we're not talking about. We're going to talk about the guy who took over for Moses. His name's Joshua. And we're going to talk about Joshua for the next few weeks and look at his life because we find some incredible keys to peace in the midst of fear, stress, anxiety, and worry. Situations that he could have folded under and see how, powerful, how powerfully God used him. And so we're going to look at Joshua 1.1 and kind of start at the beginning of this book here. And look what it says in verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aid. Now we're going to stop there for a minute. I know it feels like a weird place to stop, but I want us to ask the question, why is this conversation happening? Why is God talking to Joshua here? You know why God's talking to Joshua? Because Joshua is the new Moses. Moses has died, and Joshua is now the man that's going to take on Moses' responsibilities to lead the people of Israel to what God has for them. Now, some of you might think, well, great, why is that a problem? Well, here's what we have to think about when it comes to being Joshua. Here's what I would be thinking. I would be thinking, Moses is Moses. He doesn't even have a last name, right? He's just, everyone knows Moses, right? Like, I mean, here we are thousands of years later. I would guess that 99% of you walked in knowing at least something about Moses. Well, maybe 50% of us know who Joshua is. Moses is famous, big Moses. And so I'm guessing that Joshua may have been tempted to have some fear knots about measuring up. In fact, it gets even worse than the write-up I just gave you. I want you to see the verses that are written about Moses before the verses that we just read about Joshua. Look at the verses right before Joshua 1.1 in Deuteronomy 34. Look what it says, talking about Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom whom the Lord knew face to face. He did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. So that's what's said in the Bible about Moses. Like that, those are the verses before introducing Joshua. And now Joshua's like, cool, I get to follow him up. Great, I get to try to measure up to him, to Moses, famous Moses. And I don't know about Joshua. As I was reading commentaries, a lot of them were saying that Joshua was looking at Moses probably sweating, going, how am I going to do what he did? And so I think that Moses, or Joshua rather, was probably caught in that fear knot that we call measuring up. That's my guess. That's where he was. 
in that trap, that fear not called measuring up. I'm guessing some of you guys have been there before, right? Some of you guys have struggled with that. You've been thinking to yourself, man, how am I going to measure up in this situation or that one? This happened to me a few years ago. I was speaking at a youth camp up in Vermont, and uh, I had finished one of the messages, and this kid came running up to me after or whatever. We were talking after the, the message, and, and you know, you just never know what you're going to get after a message, you know? And then this kid, uh, he comes up to me, and you're always kind of hoping it's going to be like, man, like I never understood anything about Jesus until you talked, and man, my whole life's changed, and everything's different. And, but instead, he goes, hey, um... Do you know if the speaker who was here last year is going to be here this year? He, he was awesome. And after I elbowed him in the head, no, uh, I was like, no, man, it's, uh, it's just me. It's just, just, just plain old Doug. And I, I chase my shadows sometimes. So, yeah, so it's just me. You know, but, but what, so the rest of the week, all I'm thinking is, how am I going to measure up to last week's, you know, how do I find this guy? Can I get some notes or tips or something from him? Like, and I just felt like I had to measure up. And I'm laying in bed at night like, oh man, I hope he likes my message tomorrow. I hope this makes a difference in somebody's life tomorrow. Because now I'm just, I'm stressing. I'm, I'm caught in the fear knot of measuring up. That's probably happened to you, right? Walk in, uh, getting trained to work somewhere, you know, and taking over for Bob. Bob's been at the company for 20 years. And, and Bob's moving to Kentucky to start a new branch of the office. And everybody loves Bob. And you, your first day is Bob's last day. And the manager calls everybody in the conference room and says, Bob, we're going to miss you. Bob, you led us in sales over the last 20 years. And Bob, you were employee of the month 23 times. That is the most any person in human history has been employee of the month. In fact, we made employee of the month for Bob. Bob is why it started. And they come in with a sheet cake. And in icing, they have Bob's record sales written out on the sheet cake. And, and all the secretaries are crying because Bob brought them coffee just like they like it every morning. And all the guys are crying because Bob was the star of the office softball team. And then the boss finally stops talking about Bob. He says, Bob, we're going to miss you, but we're so glad we have Roger here to take your place. And you raise your hand and go, my name's Steve. And, and he goes, that's all right, Roger. Pipe down, you'll do fine. You know, so, that, that's a big, it's just me moment. That's a big, how do I walk in his footsteps moment. But that's right where Joshua was. And maybe that's where some of you are. Am I going to measure up? I've got the new job, or maybe I've got the same job, but it's like they changed everything. I got, they they, they like had a meeting without me over the weekend, and I got here, and they told me this is how we do things now, and this is who you now answer to. Maybe you're sending out all these job or at college applications. Maybe it's tryouts for a new team or a band. Maybe you're trying to get into a certain special school. Maybe it's, again, the newlywed thing or the, the babies on the way thing, or it's the comparison trap of someone in your life. You just feel like you're always living in their shadow. Joshua must have been tempted to get caught in that fear knot. So where's his hope? And where's our hope? Where's our source of peace in the midst of that? Well, we're going to find out in a few minutes. But let's look at the next obstacle that Joshua may have been tempted to struggle with. Look at verse 2. God says this to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Now that sounds like a great thing until you really start to think about that verse. Because what did God just tell Joshua? Joshua, I got a river for you to cross. I mean, Moses got the sea, <laughs> but you got a river. You got to go cross a river. And, and Joshua just got to be thinking to himself, man, like, not only do I not get the sea, but I don't really feel like doing this. I got to take a million plus people, all their kids, all their livestock, all their stuff, all their tents, 
across the river. And if you know anything about the story, it's actually when the river was at its widest and its deepest and it was running its fastest. And so Joshua's got another fear not potential here. The fear not Joshua might be facing now is, is the obstacles in his way. It's the obstacles that he doesn't really want to deal with. It's those things that creep in and he just doesn't feel like putting the time or the energy or the strength into battling. You know, and again, some of this is for us. This is, this is that financial thing. There's an obstacle in our way and we sit and we fear and we worry. I just wonder if Joshua was like sitting in his tent at night and he's thinking about how he's going to do this, you know. How am I going to get the water to split like Moses did? Do I do the same thing Moses did? Or am I going to walk on the water? No, Joshua, someone's going to come do that later. You know, like, how do I do all of this? And that's what we sometimes do. I don't know how to get from here to there. There's this huge financial obstacle in my way. I don't know how to get from here to there. I just got this medical diagnosis and my whole world's upside down. What do I do? And we imagine the worst case scenarios and we go on that cursed thing called Google and we type in all our symptoms and we know we're going to die tomorrow morning by 2 o'clock, right? Because that's what happens. That's what Google tells everyone, right? What's the person? How am I going to get from here to there? Man, that person is in my way. What do I do? How do I manage this well what's our source of peace what's our answer we're going to find out but first let's look at verses three and four god says i will give you every place where you set your foot as i promised moses your territory will extend from the desert to lebanon and from the great river the euphrates all the hittite country to the mediterranean sea in the west again on the surface that seems pretty good that seems like some good promises right there until you think about the fact Joshua was sitting in his tent going, yes, God said he's going to give us all this land. And he said, wait a minute. This land's not empty. There's people in this land. And these people aren't just going to give us their land. You know what that means is ahead for us? Some battles. Some fights. Maybe that's where you are today. Thinking about the battles and thinking about the fights. And there's something I want to say right here. I think Joey may have mentioned it, and Kelly actually may have as well, but it's so powerful. And this isn't like our big answer for tonight, but this is so powerful. You see, I think for many of us, fearing the battle is worse than the battle itself. Right? So we we sit here, and we fret, and we fear, and we stress, and we're anxious, and we're worried about the battle, which most of the time we're just chasing a shadow anyway, right? But in the middle of it, we have to realize something. I know Joey brought this up. He said, you know what? The reason sometimes we fear the battle in the future is because we're not in it yet, which therefore means we don't have the grace that God's going to give us in the middle of that battle. You know, so we're just sitting there going, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get, I've never been through anything like this. I just can't do this. I just can't do this. I just can't do this. Of course you can't do this, but God can do this. And when you're in the battle, you'll have what you need to get through the battle. You know how I know that? You know how I know you know that if you've been a follower of Jesus for a while? Because he's done it for you before. You and I, we sit on on this side of the battle and we're freaking out and we're worried and we can't believe it and we don't know how we're going to get through and then we're sitting over here on this side of the battle and we're looking back and we're going, made it. And it it stunk, it hurt, it was hard, but I have to be completely honest. If I'm going to kind of rate how hard the battle was here or how how bad fearing the battle was, this was worse because I didn't have the grace then that God was going to give me. And so some of us for tonight, we have to just recognize that as we're fearing these battles, many of which will never even happen, many of which are shadows we're just chasing, 
that when and if we get in that battle, God's going to give us the grace that we need to get through it. But let's talk about a couple of the battles that maybe we're in right now. Maybe some of us are, are battling for a marriage. Maybe it's our own. Maybe it's our parents. Maybe it's a friend's. We're battling. Battling in prayer. We're battling in encouragement. We're getting texts at like two in the morning from a friend who's broken because it seems like everything's falling apart. We're getting emails. We wake up to an email from, from a, a parent saying, your mom and I had an awful fight last night. I'm, I'm staying over here tonight. Maybe it's your own marriage you're battling for right now. Maybe you're, you're praying for a friend. Maybe there was someone that used to sit in the seat next to you on Sunday. And they're far away from God today doing some really, really crazy things. And you're praying. You're fighting for that, that friend in prayer. You're battling and you're just feeling discouraged and you're fearing where they are. And maybe parents in the room, we got some kids off running in different directions and we're fearing the worst and we're thinking about the battle and how hard or difficult it might be. Some of us, it's again, just that sin battle. Fearing what that would look like. Fearing letting go of the pornography. Fearing letting go of the relationship that's dragging us down. Fearing letting go of the entertainment that keeps on causing us to stumble. Fearing letting go of the drug that tends to numb us out or the alcohol that tends to just make everything still for a little while. And so here we are. And we got lots of fear knots that we can get trapped in. And we can play the measuring up game. We can play the, the obstacle game or the the battle game here in our fear knots. But where do we find peace? How do we find peace? As we kind of scratch the surface tonight, what does this look like? Well, let's look at verse five and we find our answer. It says this, God says this to Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now here's the thing, we gotta be careful with this verse because the first sentence doesn't necessarily apply to you and I. This is like a verse like a boxer puts on the back of his jacket and he goes out and he quotes Philippians 4.13 and gets a, I can do all things through Christ and then he gets beat to death, right? Like, great, that didn't work so well for you, buddy. Because this is a promise to Joshua. And you know what? A lot of us, we have some days where some people stand against us and we win some battles and we lose some battles, don't we? Like, thanks for the encouragement, Doug. I appreciate that. But just wait. See, the second half of this verse not only applies to you, it applies to you more than it applied to Joshua and Moses. Do you know why? Because here in this verse, we get an incredible promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. But you see, the promise is better for you and me today. You know what God's promise to you is? Not that he'll be with you. His promise to you is, hey, I am in you. I'm in you. My Holy Spirit is alive in your life. You see, you read the Old Testament before Jesus came, right? And you get this promise a lot. I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And that was an amazing Old Testament pre-Jesus promise. David would say things like, God is by my side. Isaiah would say things like, I'm in his hand, or he's holding me, or will strengthen me with his hand, you know? It was kind of like this close, awesome thing that God was with us. But then you know what happens when you turn the page after Jesus dies and raises back from the dead is that language almost disappears. And suddenly there's new language. The picture changes. The language changes. Now God's not saying, I'm with you. He's saying, I am in you. When you walk through your measuring up struggles, 
I'm in you. When you walk against your obstacles, I'm in you. When you have to fight your battles, I'm in you. Not just with you, I'm in you. This means something really powerful. It means that our source of peace is not an external one. It's an internal one. That we don't have to go on a search every time we start to fear or stress or have some anxiety or worry. Our peace isn't out there. The source of peace is in you. The source of peace is in me, the Holy Spirit, in our life, at work, in us. And as you go outside this time of year, you see trees producing what? Flowers. And you see plants producing flowers and trees producing fruit and all these wonderful things growing. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is in our life. And you know what Scripture tells us? That the fruit of the Holy Spirit being in our life, just like trees are producing fruit, um, plants are producing fruit, Right now, the Holy Spirit, one of the things that's supposed to produce in you and me is what? The third one, right? Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Peace. And so Jesus dies. He rises back from the dead. And what does he do? He gives his followers the Holy Spirit. And when you and I put our trust in Jesus, we were given the Holy Spirit. And so in us now is the most powerful thing in all creation. Remember what we learned in best chapter ever in Romans 8? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And we're going to let ourselves get caught in a fear not. The most powerful thing in all existence lives in us. The most powerful thing in all existence resides in us. And so when that person walks in the room that you just can't stand and there's this obstacle in your way, hey, the peace of God literally is in you. Not just with you, in you. When the diagnosis comes back, when the college application goes out, when they changed everything, at work, when you're fearing measuring up, the Holy Spirit is in you and me. You cannot go anywhere that the Holy Spirit will not be. You cannot go through anything that the Holy Spirit will not be with you right there in the midst of. So we're scratching the surface tonight. And we're rediscovering or discovering or realigning our lives around this truth. This thought that I want you to carry with you through this week and beyond. That God, the source of all peace, is in you. Fear not. That's how we start this fight against fear, stress, anxiety, and worry. It's when it starts to creep in and we start to go down those roads of imagination towards worst case scenarios and we're tempted to type in Google. We got G-O-O going. It's goo. Just, Just stop at goo. And say, wait a minute, God, the source of all peace, is in me. I don't have to Google anything. I don't have to try to manipulate any situation. I don't have to try to measure up in my own strength. Whether I have to go through the battle or not, whether the battle is real or it's just a shadow, God, the source of all peace, is going to walk through it with me. You know what, if you're not a follower of Jesus, it's a big deal, isn't it? to find peace. You've been searching for that your whole life. And maybe you thought a certain dollar amount would bring it, or a certain relationship would bring it, a certain level of comfort would bring it, but it hasn't worked, has it? Because God alone is the source of all peace. And when you put your trust in Jesus, 
you now have a relationship with the God who, who raised Jesus back from the dead. What is too hard for him? What stress, anxiety, worry, or fear is too difficult for him to handle? Jesus is hanging out with his followers. Did you hear that word I used, with? Jesus is hanging out with his followers, right? They're walking around, and we all kind of think to ourselves, wouldn't that be it? I mean, would you ever fear anything of Jesus walking next to you? But you know what Jesus said? He said to his followers one day, hey, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send someone better. His disciples freak out. Wait, why are you leaving? Jesus, you've been with us. We, we've, been, we've been yelled at, screamed at, thrown out of places. They, they've, they've threatened you in all kinds of ways. We've seen you do miracles. You've healed people. You've, you've raised people back from the dead. Why would you leave? We, we need you with us. What does Jesus say back? If I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. The Holy Spirit is better. Because the Holy Spirit won't just be with you. The Holy Spirit will be in you. And that's who we have with us. So if we wouldn't be afraid walking through our day tomorrow, if Jesus were next to us, then how can we be afraid if Jesus told us, hey, it's even better to have the Holy Spirit in you. It's more powerful that the Holy Spirit come and be in you than that I just walk with you. And so God, the source of all peace, is in us. And we can fear not. And this should make a difference in our lives. The people around us should begin to see the change in us, the difference in us. And some of us as Christians, we've just forgotten what a big deal peace is. Some of us are praying like, God, I want to see an amazing miracle. I want to see you, you know, heal like a blind person or a deaf person or a lame person. And hey, I'm all for that. But we've forgotten this incredible miracle called peace in our life that the Holy Spirit produces in us. My wife Kelly uh, used to work at uh, some offices back in the day, and we were first married, and uh, she actually worked in the same office as, as that guy, Bob. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and so she's working in these offices, and people would always ask her, like, where, where is this peace you have coming from? Like, like, why do you seem to be okay? Why do you seem to be at peace? And Kelly would be in the office, and the girls in the office would be having a certain music station on, whatever, and she would just kind of, like, get over there in stealth mode and flip it to some Christian station, and and she found out that after she left, that her friends in her little office in, the, in, in that certain area would, would every now and again just go back to that station that Kelly used to listen to because they saw in her a peace, a peace they didn't know, a peace they didn't understand apart from Jesus. And so the amazing thing is, is that when you and I are filled with the peace of God, it, it gives us peace and it gives us hope in life, but doesn't it also then impact the world around us? That's what should be happening. If God, the source of all peace, is in us. And so let me ask you a couple questions. Are you fearing you're not going to measure up? Are you fearing the new job or the changes at work, the new boss, the new manager? Are you fearing, fearing, fearing your college acceptance? Are you fearing tryouts for the new team? Are you fearing parenthood? Are you fearing the new marriage? Are you fearing maybe a marriage you've been in a long time and you thinking to yourself, am I ever going to be the husband or wife that I know God wants me to be? Are you fearing the comparisons that you sometimes walk into at home or in the office place? Because let me just remind you that God, the source of all peace, is in you. Fear not. Are you fearing the diagnosis? Are you fearing the finances? Are you fearing the person that changes the mood of the room as soon as they walk in? Because God, the source of all peace, is in you. Fear not. 
Are you fearing the battle? Are you fearing a little literal battle as a police officer, as somebody in the military? Are you, are you fearing the battle for your marriage, the battle for a friendship, the battle for your friend that's far from Jesus, your child that's far from Jesus? Are you fearing the battle of a certain sin struggle that you haven't had the courage to face? God, the source of all peace is in you. Fear not. If you're a follower of Jesus this week, as you're tempted to go back down those roads of anxiety, stress, and worry, catch yourself in it and focus back on the truth that the most powerful thing in all creation is in you. Trust Jesus that he knew what he was doing when he said, I want to send the Holy Spirit into your life because that's a better deal for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, his heart for you and I is to walk in peace. And so this week, would you bring to him, actively, actively, actively bring to him those struggles. Obviously, God's trying to get our church's attention when it comes to fear. And so let's actively bring him those struggles. It may be moment by moment, some of you just gave up. You gave up a year ago, you gave up five years ago. I'm just always going to be fearful. I'm always going to be full of stress. Bring it to him. Let's get active again. Let's actively seek the Holy Spirit to make the difference in our lives. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I would love for you to put your trust in him tonight. And in just a minute, I'll give you an opportunity to pray and put your trust in him. And here's what is so powerful. Remember I said earlier, some of you are fearing standing before God one day because you don't know if you've done enough good that way or the bad. You see, the amazing thing about Jesus is, is that when he died and he rose back from the dead, he took away our sin and he removed our guilt and shame. And so now you know what? I don't fear standing before God. You know why? Not because I'm so great, right? Because me standing before God apart from Jesus in my life would be like, Doug, remember 10th grade? Remember freshman year of college, Doug? Remember the things you did? Remember the things you said? Remember, the, remember how you acted there? I'm done. But Jesus removed my guilt and shame. And so now not only am I not afraid to stand in front of Jesus, I can't wait for it. Because I'm unconditionally loved and accepted, and even in the mess that I can still sometimes be. And so you can have that fear not taken right out of your life tonight as you put your trust in Jesus. And then you'll also begin to see his peace at work in your life here and now on a day-by-day basis. And so if you'd like to put your trust in him, I'd encourage you to do that tonight. But I hope you're encouraged tonight. I hope you're reminded. I hope you're realigning your heart around the truth that God, the source of all peace is in you. Fear not. Let's pray. So God, we just thank you so much. You've made such a difference in us. God, thank you for the peace that you've placed in our lives. Thank you, God, that you have forgiven our sin, which gives us incredible peace with you. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit wants to create that day-by-day peace in us. I pray for all the people, God, that this is the battle of their life. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would break every spirit of fear. I pray, God, that you would Allow there to be such freedom and consistent breakthrough in their life that they seem like a different person to even the people that know them, God. I pray you'll do miracles. I pray for those of us that are so deep in this, like David said, you'll reach down into our miry pit and pull us out. And I pray for us as Christians this week, God, that we will actively bring you our stress, anxiety, worry, and fear. That we'll cast our anxiety on you for you care for us and you live in us. If you're a Christian, would you pray about this? Would you pray about the things that you tend to wrestle with? Would you pray about the measuring up issues or the obstacles or the battles that you've been caught in some fear nights, fear knots with? And would you just ask God 
to deliver you. This week, would you catch yourself going down those avenues? And would you allow God to give you freedom and peace in the midst of it? If you're not a follower of Jesus, I would love for you to put your trust in him now. And you can do that by praying something like this quietly between you and God. Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for removing my guilt and my shame. Thank you for loving me so much. God, thank you now that I don't have to ever fear standing before you. I pray you'll help me look forward to it because I'll see my Savior who loved me so much. He died in my place. And God, would you begin by your Holy Spirit to begin to produce a peace in me here and now. In your name I pray.